Father God, I lift up this time and I pray that these tools uh, would illuminate uh, the possibility that we have to connect with you. Not that it hasn't been more difficult in the past, but now because of the time in which we live, we have been given so many resources to know and understand your word. And so I pray that uh, today would give people hope, uh, a, a desire to pursue you in, in your word. And so we lift this time up to you and I thank you for this time to share. In your name I pray, amen. So I am, like I said, excited for today because today what I'm talking about is honestly something that I personally am passionate about. It's something that I've been passionate about for a long time. And for a lack of a better word, it's, it's simply teaching people how to study and understand Scripture, how to read, understand, and study God's Word. And today, in 2023, we have been given more tools to accurately interpret and understand the Word of God than we ever have before. And so I just want to, I want to simply, today is not as much preaching as it is teaching, teaching you how to use the tools that you and I have been given in the form of study Bibles and other things like that to help us understand God's word and ultimately grow in our relationship with Jesus. Because this year, as a church, we have kind of coined this year as the year of the Bible, where we are just taking extra emphasis uh, in teaching our people how to study God's word. We've, we, we've seen as a, as a nation Okay, not just in our church, but as a nation, like biblical illiteracy. Like, our, like people who would call themselves Christians not feeling confident in their understanding of God's word and how to read it and how to find the answers that they seek. And so today is just that, is to teach you about the tools that are available to you to help you in your relationship with Jesus and grow closer to him. I think sometimes we as teachers, as preachers, can fall victim to assuming or, or for the sake of time uh, assuming that everyone in the room knows what we're talking about. Like if we reference a verse in Isaiah that, we, that, that you have a general understanding of who's speaking and who they're talking to and why it was written, like a, just a general context to make more sense of the passage that we're referencing. But if we're honest, Especially since the Highlands has grown so much in the last year, like so much. We have grown in numbers, which is like, praise God, that is amazing. But we have people sitting in this room who know more about the Bible than I do. And we have people most likely sitting in this room who have never opened the Bible a day in their life. And so these tools that we're going to look at this morning are going to help everyone on this spectrum. They're going to help every person in this room, hopefully, grow in your relationship with Jesus. And so, for some of you, what we cover today is strictly review, and that's okay. And for others of you, you might take a nugget or two home to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And then hopefully for many of you, my hope is that if you have rarely or have never opened the Word of God before, that you would see that it's totally possible to dive in, to understand, and digest God's word and make it a part of your life and grow in your relationship with him. And so wherever you are in the spectrum, my prayer is that you would be able to grow in your pursuit of Jesus and your relationship with him. And so what I did is I photocopied. I photocopied a few important pages that we're going to look at. And these photocopies are from these Bibles that we sell uh, here at church. And I just want to say again, 
we're selling these kind of in relation to uh, the year of the Bible. We've been doing this with students. Now we've been giving them away. It's amazing. I want to just remind you that we give those Bibles away at cost. Like if you were to go on Amazon or Christian Book to buy this Bible, it costs you around 75 bucks. But we've grown, we have grown a relationship with the publisher, HarperCollins, who gives us them at cost. Like we pay 80 or $38 per Bible. So we don't make a dime. Like don't see this as like us trying to make money. We just want to make God's word as accessible to as many people as possible. And so if today strikes something in you and you don't have a, a good study Bible or, or a Bible that you would call your own, we have those available. So all of these pages come from that Bible that we, that we offer here. Okay? In a study Bible, there are a ton of tools that you and I can use to understand God's word. So many that I can't even cover them all in this one message. A few of those would be maps. There are a bunch of maps in a study Bible. And what these maps show are uh, the Middle East in the time of Jesus. Uh, where did Jesus walk and go? Where did Paul go on his first and second and third missionary journeys? Uh, it shows maps of like a temple. In the Old Testament, um, there are very specific uh, instructions of what a temple would have looked like. And so instead of just reading these on a page, what a study Bible allows you to do is visualize what might the temple have looked like. Like what might the, the, the city of Corinth or the city of Rome looked like based on archaeology to help you better understand what's going on, where people are, where people are writing a letter, and where they are writing to. There's also charts and diagrams that will help illuminate things in the text to point out major themes or um, family trees to show you the lineage of, of where we started and Abraham and all the way down to Jesus. There's tools like charts and diagrams to help us. There's images. There's images of archaeological finds that will help you and me uh, see that there is support for everything that we talk about. Like there is nothing that stands alone, but, but what is true of the Bible we see in history. And so I want to set up a scenario this morning to walk through the rest of the tools that I want to talk through, the few of the tools that I want to walk through this morning. And so here's the scenario. You've never opened a Bible a day in your life. You've been coming on Sundays or you were sitting in your, in your, in your car listening to a podcast and you faintly remember this mentioning of a verse that talked about the renewing of your mind. And so you don't know where this is. You have no idea how to find that apart from Google, but we're not talking about Google this morning. We're talking about a study Bible. And so how do you find the verse that talks about, or a verse that talks about the renewing of your mind? And so the first place that I want to have you turn to is in page six of your handout. This is a page out of, our, out of the concordance, Okay. And so what a concordance is, is it's kind of like a glossary. What you can do is you can, you can dive into a concordance and you can look up any keyword, any keyword, and the, and the concordance is going to give you all the key passages that include that word. A few reasons this is amazing is one, for this example of finding a passage where you don't know where it is. Another one would be if you want to do a word study. Like if you want to do a word study on hope or joy, or trials, or what does God say about pride? You can look up any of those words and the concordance is going to give you a list of all of the passages that have to do with that word. And so for, our, for the sake of 
our example, our scenario, the renewing of your mind, we look up the word mind. And so on the second half of page six, you'll see the word mind. And you can look through all of those examples. You can notice that there's a, the, the Bible has a lot to say about the word mind. But eventually you get to R-O and then there's a bunch of examples and then it says R-O-12-2. And you're like, R-O-12-2. It's an R-O-12-2. But you don't know what R-O stands for or 12 stands for or 2 stands for. That's okay. Because the study Bible is going to help you find this. And so what you can do is then turn to the beginning of your Bible. And on page 2, you're going to see abbreviations and transliterations. And this is the second thing that a study Bible offers us. And so in the third section, you can see that R-O stands for Romans. Ooh, Romans. I don't know what Romans is. I don't know what that means. Okay. Well, here you can see uh, the order of the Bibles, uh, the books of the Bible. But if you turn one page before on page one, you can turn to the table of contents. There is no shame in the table of contents, okay? If you ever have to use the table of contents, that is okay. This church is a place where we want people to grow. And so sometimes that, that always means that you don't know or you don't understand, and that's okay. Okay, so if you ever need to go to the table of contents to find the book of the Bible, feel no shame, okay? Because we want you to grow here. But you see it break, broken down to Old Testament and New Testament, and you can see how... The Bible is actually laid out, the five books of Moses, and then it goes to historical books, and then poetry and prophets, and you begin to see how Scripture is laid out. And we move to the Old Testament, the second page on page one, and starting in the letters and Revelation, you see that the first book there is the book of Romans, and it's on page 1963. Look at that. You went from having no idea where this passage is to now knowing what book it's in to where that book is in the Bible. Okay? And so if you turn with me now to page five, I've photocopied this page for you. Now the numbers. R-O-12-2. 12-2 stands for chapters and verses. The Bible is broken down into chapters and verses. Fun fact, this was chapters and verses were not originally in scripture. This was something that was added a later simply to help you and me understand where things are in the Bible. Can you imagine if the Bible didn't have any reference points? Like how would you ever find something? So they were added later for you and me to be able to find things in scripture. And so it's broken down by chapters, big chunks, and verses, smaller chunks. And so this passage about the renewing of your mind is found in Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, which is where we find ourselves on page 5. So I want to read this passage, or this verse, for us. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now the tendency, our tendency, is to just stay here. Is to just read a verse, take it at face value, and try to apply it to our lives. 
And I will contend that that is an unhealthy way to read scripture because the context that a verse is in is so important to understand what is being said. The danger here in taking a passage and not reading it in its full context is this is when we can get lost in misinterpretation, misinterpreting what the, what the passage is actually saying. And we also don't see the full picture. It's like, imagine a mural and there's one stroke of the brush and all you're looking at is that one stroke of the brush and you don't see any, any of the other mural. It's just white. It's white with one blue stroke. It's like, that's a pretty cool stroke. But I don't know what it is in relation to this mural. And so you and I need to look at the broader picture. We need to look at the context that this passage is found in so that we can more fully understand what is being said, what is being taught, why is it being taught. And so there's two ways to do this. The first and foremost is I would say read the chapters prior and even after so you can get that full picture. But you can also turn to what is called the book overview. And I want to turn with us now to page three. There are 66 books in the Bible, okay? And in a study Bible, every single book has a book overview, and a book overview does exactly what it's called. It overviews the book for you. And some of the tools in a book overview talk about the author. So who wrote this book or who wrote this letter? The date and the place that it was written, if we know that information. The recipient. So who was it written to? Major themes and purposes. So like, why did this person write this letter to this group of people? Why did this author write this letter to this church in this specific area? What was going on? We can learn occasions, contents, special characteristics. And then it even gives you an outline. It breaks down the letter or the book for you. What are the major topics talked about? And so if you turn to page four, this is, there's four pages worth, right? Two pages in this, four pages worth in total in your study Bible, simply on the book of Romans to help you understand it. And on this outline, you'll see the major headings, introduction, theme, uh, the unrighteousness of all people. And then it goes God's righteousness imputed, God's righteousness imparted, God's righteousness which is vindicated. And then at the end of that Roman numeral six, at the very bottom, you can see for number three, it says God's ultimate purpose is mercy. Okay? Well, on page three, like we were just on, it boils this down, this, this book overview, even more into this little square called the quick look, where it quickly tells you the author, audience, date, and theme. So we know who wrote the book of Romans. It was the Apostle Paul. He wrote it to the church in Rome, which is predominantly made of Gentiles. A Gentile is anyone who's not a Jew but it also included a minority of Jews. The date it was written was around 57 AD, which was about 15 to 20 years after Jesus died and resurrected and ascended into heaven. And the major theme of this book, including 12.2 that we're going to talk about today, says Paul writes to the church in Rome to present his basic statement of the gospel. God's plan of salvation is for all peoples, Jew and Gentile alike. So now we know who wrote it. You didn't know five minutes ago where this passage was. We found the passage. We know the general understanding. If you'd go back and read chapter 11, that would be helpful too. But now 
what I want to do is simply uh, read verses 1 and 2, because we're going we're gonna to unpack verses 1 and 2. So on page 5, we're going to spend our remaining time here. Remember, up until this point, it talks about God's righteousness. This is what Romans has been about, God's righteousness. And at the end, it says, the ultimate purpose is God's mercy. And we find ourselves now in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Therefore, quick nugget. If you ever see a therefore, it means it's therefore something. Like what he's about to say is in relation to everything that he's just said. So therefore, after everything I've just said, I urge you, there's urgency here. Brothers and sisters, the church in Rome, Jews and Gentiles, who he's talking to, it is in view of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So let's break this down because there's a lot going on here. You may read that and you're like, cool. I still don't get it. Okay, so here's what you do. You see on this page, the top half, there's a blue line that's kind of in the center. The top half is scripture, okay? This is God's word. Now the bottom half is where the meat and potatoes of a study Bible come into play. The bottom half of this page is study notes. And what this is, is this is written by scholars. People who have dedicated their life and for a living interpret God's word. Digest its contents and then give it to you and me in a more digestible way. So if you ever read a passage and you don't know what's going on, you look for the verse in the study notes below the page and it's going to help you understand of a word or a phrase or an idea or a topic. It's okay to have no idea because the study Bible is going to help you understand. And so if you have a question, what does this word mean or what does this phrase mean, look for it in the, in, uh, the study notes. And so how you find what you're looking for in the study notes is you look for the verse that you're in there is a study note that correlates to that verse. So just like we're in 12 verse 1, at the, at the bottom of the page, you're going to see 12 verse 1. And so someone has commented on what's going on in 12 verse 1. And you can see in our study notes that in 12 verse 1, it says 12 1 through 15 23. So this paragraph, someone's written a paragraph and is going to help you understand what's about to happen in the next three chapters. Okay? And you could read this, but then at the bottom of this paragraph of 12, 1, 15 through 33, it says, Faith expresses, oh, stay there. Yep. Faith expresses itself in obedience. Think back to verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your faith in God expresses itself, how you act out that you truly believe Jesus is who he says he is, works out its, its way in life, in living sacrifice. It's in obedience. 
But we want to know more about verse 1. And so below that, there is, a, there is a, an entire uh, paragraph dedicated just to verse 1. It says, therefore I urge you, Paul draws an important inference from the truths set in chapters 1 through 11. So Paul's getting to the point. Goes on to God's mercy. And then about halfway down it says, living sacrifice. You want to know more about what this living sacrifice idea looks like and means. It says, in contrast to dead animal sacrifices or perhaps living in the sense of having the new life of the Holy Spirit. When you think of sacrifice, certainly the people that would have been reading Romans in in the time that it was written understood sacrifices as the death of an animal, right? You would sacrifice an animal for the sins that you had committed. That That was the punishment that needed to be paid for you to be in right standing with God. But because of what Jesus did, you and I present ourselves as a living sacrifice. This implies a continual sacrifice. It's something that you and I continually do. You and I continually surrender ourselves in obedience to what God has done. So much of the outside world and even in in Christianity, if I were to ask you, why do you think you're going to heaven? Eight out of ten people probably would tell you, because I'm a good person. It's because I'm a good person that I'm going to heaven. Can I tell you right now that is not Christianity? So many people think I have to be a good person to receive the gift that is eternal life and relationship with God. But what Christianity says and what this passage says is you have received the gift. It says it is in view of God's mercy. It's the gift that's already been given to you. That as a result of that gift of Jesus Christ who has given you the gift of eternal life, out of that gift, because of God's mercy, it is then I am going to live a life of living sacrifice. The the first way is all about rules. I have to be this good person. I have to follow the Bible so that I get to heaven. But what scripture talks about and what the gospel is, is I have received the gift. And because I've received the gift from a God who loves me, I'm going to be obedient to him and it opens it up entirely to freedom. And you and I get to be obedient so that we can share the good news of Jesus with others. It then talks about true and proper worship. What does that mean, true and proper worship? It says rendered as reasonable, appropriate, authentic or spiritual. Here it indicates actions that are not merely external rituals, but involve the heart, mind, and will in worship and obedience service. It's not external. It's not just coming to church on Sundays and going to church on Wednesday nights. God wants to know and God cares about what's going on in your heart. He wants personal relationship with you. He wants a surrendered life from you for relationship with you. He doesn't want relationship with you through me. He doesn't want relationship through Pastor Aaron to you. He wants direct relationship with you and me. How cool is that? God cares about the heart. And then we get to verse two, the verse verse that we started at, right? The renewing of our mind piece. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you go to uh, the study note of 12.2, you might wonder, what does it mean not to conform to the pattern of this world? What, does, what is he referring to when he says world? He's talking about the sinfulness and the corruption of it. 
He's talking about how sin has embedded this world and anything that is not of God is of the world and that is sin. He says, don't conform to that, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says here, it says be transformed. Here is a process, not a single event. Right? Being conformed to the pattern of this world, that's an ongoing thing. Being transformed and renewed in your mind is also an ongoing thing. This is not a one-stop shop. You pray the prayer, accept Jesus, and then go on living your life. The moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yes, you are given the gift. But it is not over from there. He invites us and encourages us to continue to walk with him, up towards him, and grow in our relationship with him. He says, don't conform. Don't slowly walk to the path of darkness. Walk towards me. Here's another thing, too. It says, here is a process, not a single event. What is that process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind? It's getting into this word. It's getting into God's word. How do you not conform to the world and how do you renew yourself in what he's talking about and what he's saying to you? It's getting into his word every single day. And friends, we have the tools to do that. You have the tools available to you to understand what God is saying when you don't know what he's saying. This is the blessing of a study Bible. This is the blessing of living in 2023 is you and I have everything we need to grow in our relationship with God. And it's not that we didn't beforehand. But there's no excuses now. It, a study Bible is like having a pastor in your pocket. How do I find this verse? We'll go to the concordance. Well, where's Romans? We'll go to the table of contents. Well, what does this mean? Look at the study notes. It's everything you need. God's word is everything you need, and the Holy Spirit's going to help you interpret what it's saying and in the use of these study notes. The last thing that I want to reference this morning is called the cross-reference. And this is, this is cool. The cross-reference is that center column in your page. Every Bible, pretty much every Bible has it, and you've ever wondered what is that thing? It's called a cross-reference. And what a cross-reference is, is it helps you find other places in the Bible that talk about this word, or this topic, or this passage, or this phrase. A few ways that this comes to light is a lot of times Jesus and Paul say, as it is written, and then they'll recite some quote. And you and me are like, well, where was it written, bro? Like, you just pulling this out of you? Or is this actually somewhere? You can look in the cross-reference and it will tell you exactly where in the Old Testament Paul or Jesus are referring to. They're not just saying something. They're, they're talking about something that was written. And this will help you find where was it written. This is where you begin to see the web of Scripture. That Scripture supports itself. It doesn't need anything else. And the cross-reference is going to help you find and see that this web, at the center of this web is God's love for you and me. And it's in the form of Jesus Christ. Everything points to Jesus. This cross-reference, look at how many verses there are. Look at verse, verse 12, 2 in the, in the center. Look at how many verses there are in relation to this topic, word, or phrase. Just this one verse. And every verse has something connected to it. Nothing stands alone. Another way that a cross-reference is helpful is in the Gospels. 
Stories or parables are told more than once. They'll be told in the Gospel of Matthew and they'll be told in the Gospel of Mark. And it's good to read both because you see the same story from two perspectives. You see it from Matthew's perspective and you see it from Mark's perspective. It's like if me and Sam went to a basketball game, we would both tell you how the basketball game went, right? We'd tell you the same truth. We'd tell you how the same ending, but we'd tell you it with different words. That's how the gospels support themselves. And this, this cross-reference is going to help you find where in the other gospels you can find parables or stories of scripture. And so now let's read this verse again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Church of Rome, it is in view of God's mercy. The reason is God's mercy. This is why you do this. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Well, how do I live a life of sacrifice? It's by not conforming to the pattern of this world, but instead being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the kicker. Look what it says. Then, once you do this, once you present yourself as a living sacrifice because of the gift you've been given by not conforming and instead renewing your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of you want to know what God's will is for your life? How many of you want to know where he's taking you? How many of you are at a fork in the road? Do I take this job or do I stay? Do I buy this house or do I not? Do I go to this college or that college? Do I date this person or do I not? He tells you right here in two verses, this is how. Receive the gift. As a result, live for me. This is how you do it. And this will be the result. You'll know my heart. You won't know my heart unless you get into this word because he speaks to you and me through the Bible. That's why it's called God's word because this is how he speaks to you and me. But you'll know it. You'll know what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You ever got lost in the wormhole of TikTok? YouTube, Netflix? A study Bible allows you to get in the wormhole of Scripture. You can get lost in God's Word. You can read for hours on Romans 12 too and never find the end of it. The more you know, the more you're just going to keep continuing to dig and understanding this truth more. This is just two verses, and we just scratched the surface of these two verses. You can do it. You can go home tomorrow morning, pull some verse out, and go to town as long as you want. We just spent 25 minutes on two verses, and you and I haven't even inquired of God yet. God, what does this living sacrifice for me look in my life? God, what does it look like for me to not conform in my life, but instead be renewed by my mind? We haven't even talked about the devotional side of this yet. We've spent 25 minutes in his word. These tools are awesome. When I figured out these tools, it's when my life changed. It's when my relationship with God changed. It's when it became real because the self-discovery was so much more impactful than coming to church on Sunday, hearing someone speak to me. Then said, when God spoke to me, that's when it changed. And these tools are going to help you understand what he's saying. I told you at the beginning of the service You'd be up for a gift. And so if you saw it, if you put your name in this bowl, you're up for a Bible. Drum roll, please. 
Bill Krause. Look at this guy right here. This is my old neighbor, so some of you are going to say it's rigged. It's not, I promise. Guys, God wants to be in personal relationship with you. And it's always been possible, but it's never been more possible than right now. And these study tools are going to help you do that. And they're going to help you get there. And so if this is something God's stirring in your heart, if you need a Bible, come get one. We have them for you. You have questions, please come ask me. You want to get coffee, please ask me. This is my passion. This really is. So let me pray, and we're going to stand in worship. God, I thank you for these tools. I thank you for the gift of your word that we don't have to wonder what you're saying or wonder what you're leading us. Sometimes it's hard because it was written 2,000 years ago to understand, but you've given us tools to understand and learn. And so I pray that as for many of us, maybe for the first time tomorrow morning, we open up your word, we wouldn't feel so daunted with how on earth am I going to wrap my mind around this? One, because you don't have to in one sitting, but two, you give us every tool we need to understand what you're trying to say to us. And so I pray, God, for those of us today or tomorrow morning when we sit with you that we would burn with a, a passion, a fire to connect for the first time or reconnect with you. It's when God's word isn't a part of the church that we it, things get really dangerous. And so every single one of us, everyone who's been called to a relationship with you, which is every person in this room, you desire to have. And so I thank you for the gifts that you've given us, God. In your name I pray, amen.